Fringe Radio, your trusted source for the paranormal, conspiracy theory, and true crime. Coming to you live from the Mistopheli Studios, it's Dark Fringe Radio. Welcome to Dark Fringe Radio. I am your host, Will Martinez, and of course, here with my co-host, Jay Colosi. Jay, what is going on? Not a whole lot, my guy. Live in La Vida, Florida. Eh? There we go. I love, yeah, I love that. That's exactly right. Well, uh, listen, uh, Jay, uh, episode 135 here, uh, of course, uh, your premier source for the paranormal, conspiracy theory, and true crime, of course, Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, yeah, Jay, 135. We're, we're getting up there. It's yeah, crazy. it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, uh, tonight we uh, have a very special episode. Uh, we went back out to the devil's tree. <laughs> sure did. Oh, boy, Jay. And, uh, and had a devil of a time. We did. Um, even though it was uh, cut kind of short, uh, we had a little bit of an uh, incident happen. But we'll talk about all that and uh, a little bit more when we oh, yeah. uh, get a little bit further into the episode here tonight. Yeah, but first, uh, Jay, uh, how can everybody listen to the podcast and where can they go for all our information? You can listen to our podcast anywhere you find them, Stitcher, uh, iTunes. You can find them on Google Play. But the best place is to go directly to the source, get it right from the horse's mouth. And that's not me calling William's name. You can go <laughs> right to darkfringeradio.com, yep. find all of our content, videos, mm-hmm. Uh, past episodes, mm-hmm. all kinds of new content. We're trying to split off. We got all kinds of cool stuff coming up. We've yeah. got more of these adventures coming. So mm-hmm. make sure you go to darkfringeradio.com and check out our newest content today. Absolutely, Jay. I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, please, guys, go ahead and check that out there. Also, check us out on YouTube and all our social media and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram uh, at Dark Fringe Radio. Make sure you go there. Um, the website, I'm actually doing a... Um, a kind of like a monthly series thing here, Jay. I'm actually writing um, articles on my favorite horror movies. And so I'm doing like retrospectives. And the last one I did was on The Crow. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I did, um, actually. But yeah. So I, I did good. that one. Um, I did a couple other ones. I did one on Freaks. I did one on Donnie Darko, another one of my favorite uh, from, the, of course, the 90s. And uh, yeah, so make sure you go there. Dark Fringe Radio, check out that stuff. Uh, we always have a lot of content there, so uh, make sure you uh, you know enjoy all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, Jay, let's get started here for uh, Dark Fringe Radio tonight. Let's go into some Dark Fringe news. You ready for that? Always. Yeah. For 15 years, I've been trying to teach you how to write a lead. Do I have to do everything myself, get the story, write the story? No. We'll do it live! Fuck it! <laughs> I was looking at the James it's Brown. my favorite. Uh, fuck it. Fucking thing sucks! That's your kind of thing, Maria. You love doing it yourself. Sometimes, yeah. I, I can. Take <laughs> Confucius say, I do not think the story has much to Oh, There we go. Well, uh, let's get started with some Dark Fringe news, Jay. Uh, first thing we wanted to talk about tonight was a famed paranormal investigator, Zach Bagans, purchases exorcism box and journal. So, uh, Jay, I'm sure if you're not, or most people are, are, uh, familiar with Zach Bagans. He is the creator of Ghost Adventures. He's been on TV for probably like the last 15, 20 years chasing ghosts. And um, yeah, he has this museum out in Las Vegas that I have not yet tried to get out there and check it out. But uh, supposedly he curates all these items, Jay, and puts them in this museum out in Las Vegas. You can go actually go in there and, and look at them and they're all on display. Pretty interesting stuff. But uh Looks like he is exercising his right, Jay, to scare the crap out of folks at his haunted museum. Uh, he's bringing in some of the creepy-ass artifacts from famous exorcisms. So this is the next thing that he's doing now. Um, the famed Ghost Adventure star tells TMZ he recently got his hands on the fabled exorcism box, which was used during the 1970s real-life exorcism of Annalise Mitchell, uh, whose story was inspiration behind the 2005 movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose. So... Um, 
Yeah, that was a pretty gruesome tale, Jay. That was one of a, a priest trying to exercise the demons out of this one girl until basically she died. I mean, she didn't even survive, you know, the the exorcisms. And it basically the demons just, you know, ate her away, you know, physically because um, she couldn't eat and she just became emaciated. Very, very horrible story. But uh, Zach <laughs> tells us uh, that he got the box from the filmmaker, Christopher St. Booth. Uh, who wanted to get rid of it after a disturbing experience, just to put it mildly, Jay. Uh, while he had the box, Booth says that he felt something growing inside of him, and a doctor determined the growth contained teeth and stem cells. So he actually had a growth grow inside of him, and it actually had a stem cells and teeth. Uh, Booth says that he had an archbishop exercise the box, and while doing so, he saw a dark figure dart past him. Booth believes that it was Annalise, uh, who died back in 1976, following the 67 Catholic or Catholic exorcism rites. Uh, Zach says Booth told him that the archbishop saw the figure, too, which appeared to have Annalise's face, and it was shaking uncontrollably as if it was being pushed away from the box by dark energy. Booth believes that the exorcism box... Uh, absorb all of the energy from Annalise's exorcisms. Uh, if it doesn't give you enough chills, Jay, uh, Zach also obtained a copy. To, just let's hold this. Of the famous Exorcist Diary, which inspired the 1974 movie, The Exorcist. So now does he have this box that was used during this exorcism. He has the diary of the actual exorcism of The Exorcist in his museum, Jay. Uh, yeah, chills down my back. Literally just chills down my back no thanks yeah. why do you fuck with this shit no that's crazy no. right yeah why do you want to be the kid first off <laughs> why do you want to keep this shit why would you want to own that shit well listen at least he's doing it like smartly because i know a lot of people that are in this field jay you know in the you know the paranormal this podcast shit. field that do this investigations shit. and stuff like that what they do is they find these haunted objects and they bring them home which is like why would you even do that at least he's putting him in a museum where he's not actually living. You know what I mean? It's at least his hands, you know, removed from there. You know, he's not sleeping there. He's not. But yeah, you're, you know, some of these people that I see, Jay, on, on Facebook, I mean, they'll bring haunted, cursed items into their house and, you know, then all hell breaks loose. What, I mean, what do you expect, right? I'm out. Well, thank you. <laughs> Jay's at I'm a sorry. loss for words. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I just yeah. don't, I mean, okay, listen. I will be the first one to tell everyone yeah. I make bad decisions <laughs> all the time. Uh, I'm really good at making decisions for other people. Uh, right. But when it comes to me making a decision for myself, for some reason, I fuck it always up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, there is one area I seem to be ahead of the step. Uh, wow. And that's this thing called logic when it comes to fucking around with paranormal. <laughs> uh, again, I say, William, you cannot yeah. double dig take down a no. ghost. No, you can't, can't shoot a sweep single on, on a poltergeist. It doesn't yeah. work that way. It doesn't work. They, like they that. don't have those, right? It's right. not really the same thing. Yeah. So I don't see why we fuck with this shit. I don't either. And it's crazy to me that people actually curate this stuff. It's just mind boggling to me. Then they put it in their own house, you know, and it's just, it's like, why would you do that? You're just endangering yourself and your family at that point, too. I don't, I don't get it. See, what at least what he's doing, like I said earlier, he's putting it in a museum. He, you know, nobody's there, you know, at night, whatever the case may be, nobody's living there. But at the same time, I mean, why would no, you even yeah. want to be around all that stuff? But anyways, not want to um, be in that museum just, at night. Just to explain to you, Jay, how rare this book is and how important this book is. There are only six copies of the diary, two of which remain at the vault at the Vatican. Um, the diary documents a three month period. Uh, basically, uh, of exorcisms on a 13-year-old boy in St. Louis, Missouri, back in 1949, which was the actual inspiration for the movie, The Exorcist. Right. Um, Zach says Booth had the diary while working on a documentary called The Exorcist File. Um, Booth says it, he felt very oppressed and suicidal whenever the diary was nearby. Uh, and get this, of course, here, Jay, just a, just a little to boot, right? Zach says Booth told him that he had the diary with him in a hotel where he saw a horned shadowy figure appear just before something scratched him on his ankle and pulled him out of his bed. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Why are why no? Why yeah. are we bringing this shit in our houses? No, first off. I don't no. know. I don't know. No. I don't know. Uh, I, since, I, I, yeah. Wow. Since bringing the items to his haunted museum in Las Vegas, Zach says 
Countless guests are refusing to enter the new exorcism room exhibit before they even know what's inside, with some saying they felt lightheaded and just not well. Um, Zach is, of course, not new to the exorcism world. He filmed the, his uh, 100th episode of, of Ghost Adventures in a house where the notorious St. Louis exorcism was performed. Of course, the of course the exorcism that inspired the exorcist. Um, it is a timely acquisition for Zach, of course, because uh, just in the next couple of weeks, the new uh, exorcist movie will be coming out, uh, which looks fucking fantastic, by the way. If you guys haven't seen the trailer for that. I recommend you guys go ahead and look at that on YouTube. So check that out. But uh, yeah, Jay, um, very interesting here. This guy just keeps procuring this uh, really sensitive material, no? Apparently he is. Uh, <laughs> again, I'm, I'm not sure why. Yes, yeah. at least he's doing it the right way, and he has a lot of experience. So I guess if there's anybody right. apt to do this kind of thing. It's him. Uh, right. It's him. Right. Right, like the, the museum that has uh, the... Doll Annabelle locked away. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like yeah, the Warren, yeah. the Warren Museum. Yeah, yeah. Some of those things yeah. they need to be away from away, away. Yeah, locked away yeah. where they it can't be anywhere near a human being. It can't be anywhere right. near our, our realm. Right. right. Uh, the fact that two of those diaries remain in the the vault of the Vatican. God awful. Could you imagine what's in that vault? Could you imagine oh. the stuff that are in the vaults of the Vatican? Jay, do you know there's five miles of tunnels of the Vatican? I did. That's huge. I mean, that's like, yep. that's ridiculous. Do you know how much information? They said that there's bodies in there. There's aliens in there of like extraterrestrial beings. They don't know what they are. You know what I mean? I, they say there's a lot of shit in there, Jay. They say that actually the Library of Alexandria burning down was just a, a cover-up. And all that shit was stolen. And they actually took it to the Vatican. Makes sense. I mean. that's simpler? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Go back to Freemasonry right there again. You know, they're always Curse of Oak Island. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, Jay. Well, listen, uh, the next uh, item I wanted to kind of bring up for tonight, uh, the dead zone. Um, I-4, you know, I-4, Jay, named one of the most haunted roads in America. And, of course, uh, for those that don't know. Uh, Is there like a People's Digest vote for this? Like, I didn't get my <laughs> I didn't get my registration. I never you got a that, thing. You never I get that vote? I, I say Pointe Beach Boulevard. That's just me. <laughs> Pointe Beach Boulevard. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let's talk about I-4 tonight. I-4, I uh, for those that, that don't know, is a very uh, busy interstate highway that runs uh, east to west uh, in the middle of Florida uh, that connects Orlando to Tampa and basically it's just dissects Florida in the middle. And uh, it's a very uh, busy stretch of highway because a lot of the you know, and then anemones and, uh, of course, Disney World and things of that nature are attached to I-4. Um, just getting off I-4, there's exits for all these things. Yeah. So it's a very highly populated area, very, you know, a lot of traffic all the time. Confusing. Um, very confusing, too. Uh, but I-4 is known for, of course, Jay, like we're talking about, it's traffic jams, it's endless construction and crashes. But is it haunted? That's what they're saying here tonight. Well, the legend has it that at least one stretch by the St. John's River Bridge, which connects the Seminole and Volusia County, and the spooky history dates back to the late 1800s. So, okay, let's check this out. The story goes that a group of immigrants who were Swiss and German settled on land near the bridge, and that colony was plagued by a tragedy including yellow fever, and there was a cemetery built in their honor to their loved ones. Uh, its cemetery then presumably got moved over when I-4 was built decades ago, of course. And ever since then, there has been something that people say is causing accidents. People say it's bad luck. Uh, you know, some people say with the you know Haunted History Museum, they say it just it could just be whatever. Um, you know, right down to the road in Casadega that's not far from there. Uh, a spiritualist community, they fear that, you know, all they have all those accounts all the time in their area. So it seems to be something in that area of I-4 and you know, all that really weird area there, Jay, where they're starting to see like a lot of just you know weird shit there. Why do we move people's graves? Like I don't know. That's weird, right? What the shit, bro? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, just yeah. be be a decent person and like mm -hmm. when you're dead and gone and nobody knows what those remains look like when that those remains had muscle and sinew. Mm -hmm. Don't you want your bones being respected? Don't you, you want your gravesite being left alone? Would you, you would want think? your shit disturbed? No. So let's no. leave all these dead people alone, man. <laughs> God, well, uh, I know, right? 
Uh, well, Tina Green, Jace, uh, who owns the Haunted History Museum, says that the stretch of I-4 even has a name called the I-4 Dead Zone. Uh, Florida Highway Patrol says in the last 10 years there have been uh, at least 26 deadly crashes in the area, and people have reported seeing a ghost. Uh, people are going down I-4, crossing that big bridge from Volusia to Seminole County, when they see apparitions of a woman walking down the side of the road. And usually they say she's in a white gown. Here we go again with a white lady in the gown thing, right? Uh, and then, of course, they pull over to pick her up, and then she's gone. Uh, is I-4 haunted, Jay? I mean, by ghosts or haunted by bad drivers? I mean, these could be, you know, one way to find out. But, uh, you know, I, I, I know. have I've, I've seen crazier things. Right. Exactly. And well, then- I've, okay. I mean, I actually, one of the times I've seen something was driving down driving. While driving, it was dri- right. while driving down uh, Old Tullahoma Highway in Tullahoma, Tennessee. Right, and you told me about that. Very dark of the night, and it was out of nowhere. There was suddenly a fucking Union soldier just standing there. Right, walking into a wall. You said right? That was on the side. No, no, no. no. He was standing. He was. I, there was a car in front of me. Yeah. That was stopping to turn off Old Tullahoma Highway and go over the train right. tracks. Uh, which Tullahoma, uh, Tennessee, by the way, doesn't have uh, guardrails for the trains. You have to look both ways. Yeah. Yeah. That small town living friends. <laughs> so, because they weren't worried that the 25 people lived in, in the city were going to get by a train. Right. So, I'm sitting there, and I just picked up my daughter. Um, it was, wasn't long after my son had been uh, had been born. And my daughter was mm. at my brother-in-law's house, and I remember picking her up. And I was sitting in the car. It had to be like 2 in the morning, maybe. And mm. sure enough. I, something caught my eye and I looked and not but feet away from the passenger side window of my Explorer was an apparatus. I mean, you could look through it. Right. But you could also you could tell see that, that was, he was there. But you could also tell that it was a Union soldier, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because you yeah. saw, I, I mean, I could see him. Right. More, it was more than I could see. I saw his face. I saw the hat. I saw the beard that was very mm-hmm. sparse and kind of red. Mm-hmm. I saw the, the way that the coat kind of hung. Right, like it was a little too big for him, um, and he just was looking through me, and I didn't want to look away. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't want to look away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scared out of my damn mind. <laughs> uh, you get just chills thinking about it right now. Aren't you? I do, I do, yeah. I do. Actually, if you, uh, you can't see it, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I think yeah. the, the hair <laughs> on my arms because look at him. Yeah. See that guy right there, and uh, uh, the car had turned. And once the car turned, it caught just enough my attention to where I looked. I didn't move my head; I just moved my eyes. And when I started my eyes back, he was gone. Mm. Uh, and at that point, I put my foot all the way to the floor, and mm-hmm. and every one of those six cylinders on that four liter motor <laughs> was firing, huh? Because <laughs> I was foot down. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm like. I don't, I'm going to run through deer. If anything gets in my way, I'm fucking, that's it. I'm not stopping the car until I get right. to the house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then I slept that night in my daughter's room on her floor. <laughs> well, yeah, Jay. I mean, listen, uh, again, people seeing stuff on the highways and again, people seeing the white lady in the white, you know, the, the white dress, you know, you know, just waiting to get picked up. And then, you know, as they go to pick her up, she's gone. How many times have, have we heard that story? Have you a ever seen a ghost in a white dress? Not a lady in a white dress. Uh, I saw my first apparition that I saw was the very first time I saw a ghost. Um, I was young and I saw a girl that was about the size of Layla, my daughter, um, in a black dress standing right next to the closet. And all you could see was just the apparition, like the, the outline of it. Right. Everything inside was just completely dark. Like it was like almost like a shadow kid. Jeez. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I've never seen a lady in in white, but I've seen that. <laughs> I did. And, yeah, and the black hat man saw that dude um, right. at my my cousin's house, and then come find out years later he saw the same thing, and then we kind of confirmed each other's story, which is wild. But um, yeah, never that. But yeah, it's the same old story that you hear all the time, though, with the lady in the white, always, always, all the time. Yep. But yeah, interesting stories here tonight, Jay. Uh, and that's it for uh, Dark Fringe News. Um, I guess next segment, of course. What the f Florida man? And uh, you ready to do some what the Florida man, Jay? I'm always ready to do what the Florida man. All right, let's do it. Florida man, a Florida man, a Florida man, a Florida man. Now to the town of Sefner, Florida, near Tampa, where last night the earth opened up as it does increasingly and 
This time it swallowed a 37-year-old man as he slept in his home. A man accused of destroying a liquor store in Okaloosa County told police he was in Alice in Wonderland. Matthew Horace Jones also said... That was like fucking like Nightmare on Elm Street, like where Johnny Depp gets sucked into the fucking bed. I mean, that's exactly what happened to that guy. Uh, it's actually a little bit more... Well, yeah, the, you're talking the sinkhole guy. Yeah, the sinkhole yeah. guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oof, bad. Yeah. A caterpillar smoking a hookah told him to do it. A man calls 911. <laughs> that one reminds me of a different Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you remember uh, Freddy versus Jason? Yeah, where that actually happened. It was like a caterpillar. Where the guy thing. gets high, and yeah. then suddenly Freddy's a fucking caterpillar and jumps in this dude's body and like... All right. It gives it a shotgun, remember? I do. Yeah, he gives it a shotgun. <laughs> oh, my God. That's where it started to get wonky, right? That, that scene, I don't know. So unnecessary. It, it got wonky way before that movie was even made. That's true. That's true. Let's uh, get back. But by Nightmare on Street 4, it was all right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'll call your county sheriff's deputies are chasing him, and he says... Donald Trump, our president, is his personal friend, a close one at that. A Lickworth man is uh, not too happy. He's accused of getting violent when waiters at a restaurant told him they weren't giving away free pizza. Covering Florida this morning, a Key West man is behind bars. Investigators say he was caught with a large amount of cocaine hidden in this Cookie Monster doll. Holy shit, man. Cookie Monster doll, baby. All right. It could have been worse. could have been hidden in his anus. That's cool. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Jesus. Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. <laughs> the evidence was dropping one point at a time. <laughs> Talk about black tar heroin. Oh, Lord. Gross. All right, Jay. Wow. Well, what do you have for us this week? <laughs> for what the hell, Florida man? I toiled. I spent <laughs> seconds yeah, I was searching the second thing. That came yeah. up because the first thing was in reference to a, a apparently show coming up that's kind of built off our premise here. Just oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's not let's not let's not uh, uh, um, from our say? lawyers. Yeah, yeah. Copyright infringement. Anyways, Florida man arrested after trying to cross Atlantic in a hamster wheel vessel. Hmm, hamster wheel vessel. So. Let's let's think about this. So a hamster wheel vessel. I'm thinking of. So he had this huge hamster oh, wheel thing. You're, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to for the listeners, brother. You're yeah. for, for the watchers. Not for, unfortunately for the listeners. I'll, I'll describe it for the, the those who only listen via podcast. Please, please. But if you're watching on YouTube, I'm gonna ask Will to edit at some <laughs> point in by the magic of and yeah. hopefully you'll see somewhere a picture of this man's hamster wheel. <laughs> it's. Like You'll a see cage, it. it's Don't like worry. a rectangular cage. It's crazy. It's <laughs> oh. got all these buoys on the outside, uh, right. and it looks like he can stay in the middle. Florida uh -huh. man was arrested after trying to run to London across the Atlantic Ocean in a homemade vessel resembling a hamster wheel. Wow! Brilliant! Wow. Brilliant. Brilliant! How far did this guy get, Jay? Seventy miles. Wow! It's okay. a pretty good run. That's, that's Actually, pretty good run. Further than I thought he would get. I, I had trouble running two miles yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's out in a hamster wheel. Yeah, it goes fuck seventy two fucking miles. miles against the against the yeah. Fuck yeah. your two miles, Jay. <laughs> I just did seventy to hamster wheel. I gave you, you got better cardio, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. U.S. Coast Guard intercepted Reza Baluchi about seventy miles or one hundred and ten kilometers off of Tybee Island, Georgia, on the twenty sixth of August. Officials say the forty four year old marathon runner uh, refused to leave the vessel for three days. Wow. So he's a marathon he's a, runner then. He's a marathon runner. So, he so that makes sense. Shit. All right. So he does what he's doing here. Okay. Built for this shit. Yeah. Built for this shit. You know? And get some sun while you do it. I get yeah. some I mean, I can only imagine I can't imagine a more beautiful thing to see while you're forcing yourself to run. Yeah. 70 miles though in three days. Though, like, I don't know, man. Like, is that for a lot, bro? That's a lot, right? It's yeah. a lot, bro. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's I mean, what most most marathons are 26 miles. That's true. That's true. So this guy did a marathon a day. Right, right. For three days consecutive. Yeah. While being out in the water. I can't imagine, again, how yeah. hard it is to get any kind of traction and any kind of momentum when you're in a hamster wheel. Not only that, the wind. On the water. Going against the wind. I mean, you're screwed, bro. Especially during the Gulf Stream. Measure a fucking Gulf Stream. Oh, my gosh. I mean, jeez. 
Wow. All right. So what's more information on this guy? Let's hear this. I need to get some more info. Uh, the next shift contraption was using a shape that was shaped like a wheel with paddles mm -hmm. designed to propel it forward as the wheel revolves. Mm -hmm. Based on the condition of the vessel, the vessel, which was afloat as a result of wiring and buoys, uh, the U.S. Coast Guard determined the Blue Chew was conducting a manifest was conducting a manifestly unsafe voyage is the criminal complaint that they are filing. Gotcha. Uh, the voyage began, according to officials, uh, preparing for a major hurricane. Mm. Uh, as as the hurricane was bearing down, officials refused to step off the vessel as he threatened to kill himself. Wow. Oh, so he was going a little cuckoo, too. Huh? He's ready. He also yeah. claimed that he had a bomb on board, according to court papers. <laughs> this thing's got everything on it. Bombs. Uh, he was ready, bro. He yeah. was ready. He was ready. Yeah. I mean, he had paddles on the buoys. What else do you right. do? There you go. On September 1st, he eventually surrendered, abandoned his vessel after being brought to the Coast Guard base in Miami. Officials determined that the bomb had been a fake. He is now facing federal charges of course. for obstruction and boarding the violation of a captain and port order. Oof. Wow. But oh, especially those maritime uh laws. When you fuck with those things, they throw the book at you. People don't know that. That's uh to something that when you do something overseas like or on the water like that and you fuck with maritime law yeah they throw the book at you it's crazy but wait uh oh there's more this was not <laughs> his first time oh okay this is not his first time this is not his first arrest uh back in 2021 he was arrested he was arrested after being rescued while trying uh -oh. while trying to go from Florida to New York yeah. In a floating bubble. Oh, Jesus Christ. One of those big old floating bubbles that you go like this. In 2014. Yeah. He had to be rescued from a similar contraption near St. Augustine. And then two, <laughs> year two years later again, he did it in Jupiter near Palm Beach, Florida, where I happen to live. Hey, there you go. This guy's guy's neighbor. The guy lives next to you there, Jay. <laughs> uh, according to a previous inter interview, uh, he said that he was attempting to raise money with the voyages uh, for a variety of causes, including right. for the homeless, for the Coast Guard. Uh, yeah. Quote. With a fake bomb on board. Right. Well, he threatened to kill himself in a bomb. Mr. I mean, Colucci, I, I, he's trying to be Mr. Christopher Cologne this, and he couldn't make it. <laughs> I, listen, I don't know. He was only worried about killing himself. Christopher Columbus killed a whole lot of other people. Oh, yeah, he did. Let's not give that. No, let's not do that, because Monday's yeah. a special day. That's right. My goal, according to Mr. Bellucci, I quote, my goal is not to raise money for homeless people. My goal is to not only raise money for homeless people, raise money for the Coast Guard, raise money for the police department, raise money for the fire department, as he told WOFLTV in Orlando in 2021. My nice. thing is, mm -hmm. if this had been his first thing, the first time, I, I would maybe buy that excuse, right? Maybe, right? Possibly. Maybe. maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Although, show me what, where, where are you taking charitable donations? Like, right. Where, what, what money's coming in? Where's that money going? How's the money getting to these people? And every time you have to get rescued, rescued by the Coast Guard or the fire department <laughs> or the police, it costs them money. So, a lot of money. Just you being out there being dumb like that, taking their time and three days, you stay in your thing for three days and threaten to kill yourself with a bomb, you're not doing shit to raise money. You are just cuckoo cuckoo trying right. to, to get across it. And I don't know why. I don't know why you're choosing to do it that way. Uh, it's not for me to choose. It's not for me to understand. Right. Uh, bro, I was going to give the guy I was going to give the guy a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, but then when, you know, like when he kind of went nuts, you know what I mean? And then said he had a bomb on board and he actually had a fake bomb. I was like, oh, no, that's predetermined. So I was like, that. I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe went a little crazy on the, the voyage, you know, being out in the water sometimes, you know, makes you a little crazy in a couple of days out there. You know, sure. you're, you know, 48 hours on the water that, you know, probably mentally do something to you. But now this guy looks sounds like this was all predetermined. By, your, you know? by yourself in a hamster wheel. <laughs> yeah man yeah i mean there's no auxiliary uh, power so how how long is your ipod how much music uh, are you gonna have fuck i mean that crew just to do that in a boat alone takes weeks uh i mean there are some things now where you could you know solar panel things out there now you know what i mean sure but it's still um, days it's still days yeah days i mean yeah in a boat yeah. that goes 30 knots how fast is this guy going running i mean I run pretty quick. I was at, I average usually about an eight minute mile. The other day I was doing like seven thirty, Right. And, and that's for my age. 
He's a marathon owner. So let's say he's probably running five, six, maybe. Uh, five's like five's like world. I mean, we're talking he's probably in the high sixes. Right. Mid sixes, high sixes. Right. Even if you say a low six, because I want to say a six minute mile is pushing more record shit. Right. Yeah. Um I mean, how fast yeah. are you going? I don't know, man. You're not I'm, going 30 knots. And that's not for 26 factor. miles. The wind factor, though, too. I mean, yeah. And, and the, the current. And the current. Yeah. You get caught in the current. I mean, you're done. You're, you're done. done. All that, you know, any kind of advancement that you make uh, just get wiped out in just minutes, honestly, with the current and the wind, you know? Well, crazy. that's crazy, Jay. That's, uh, of course, I'm not surprised. Of course, here out of Jupiter, Florida, what the F Florida man um, trying to sail across the Atlantic. Wow. That's where I live. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, that's where we both live. You listen, and, uh, you know, no surprise to uh, the uh, trials and tribulations of the Florida man. And uh, we continue to bring that to you every week here at Dark Fringe Radio. So I appreciate that. Jay, thank you so much for that story. And uh, we're going to get into our main topic here for tonight, uh, just in a few seconds here, which is their return to the Devil Street, where we go back out there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll talk all about it here in a second. And uh, we hope you guys uh, hold on and uh, join us when we get back. So please. Don't go anywhere. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us back here at Dark Fringe Radio, uh, your number one spot for the conspiracy theory, paranormal, true crime, everything encapsulated into one. And tonight we have a very, very, very intriguing episode. Uh, the return to the Devil Street, Jay. Uh, we, um, it's been a couple of years and, uh, <laughs> I was able to drag Jay and actually I drug out my son out there as well. He joined us for a pretty interesting uh, investigation. So, um, you know, uh, we decided to get out there a little late in the evening. I would say probably around six o'clock in the evening, uh, just before it started to get dark. And uh, and that was by design, of course. You know, we wanted to get out there and actually be in the dark out there this time and check this place out. Um, and you know, it, it took a lot of less turns, rights, and this and that. Um, we didn't catch anything physically on video, Jay. I, you know, went through all the video. Um, didn't catch anything on video, but it caught a lot of EVPs and a lot of uh, things off the ghost box. So, um, hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, disembodied voices. We hear a little bit of that as well. Um, okay. And not, and not off of the ghost box, just off of just regular audio. And... Um, so yeah, we'll we'll check all that out here. But first, what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. Jay, is play a quick video that kind of, um, like I said earlier, encapsulates the whole story of the Devil's Tree and Gerard Jones Schaefer and what he was about. And uh, yeah, just a very you know sinister person. So what I'm going to do now is go ahead and set that up and go ahead and share that and get that going. So give me one second. Tonight's investigation: the Devil's Tree. Found in Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Devil's Tree is a big oak and a county park. A mighty oak, an ordinary tree. Nothing to write home about, except the fact that the thing might as well growl up and snatch little old ladies and unsuspecting kids and gobble them up like a throwback from a grim fairy tale. The Devil's Tree has an evil, macabre, and incredibly blood-soaked reputation. One that's entwined with Florida's history and its amazing capacity to attract the worst of the worst humanity has to offer. Tonight, we're going to discuss the Devil's Tree, its hauntings, our findings, and our investigation, its lore, and more importantly, the hell spawn that created it. The story of the Devil's Tree begins in January 8, 1971, way before Hammock Park existed, where the mighty oak now stands. The tale begins in a most bloody and shocking manner when a serial killer sexually attacks and mutilates two teenage girls. The monster, after having his fill with the two girls, hangs them from an oak tree. Then he buries the two victims in a shallow grave underneath the tree, only to return numerous times later to have his way with the decomposing bodies. The man's name, Gerard John Schaefer. The homicidal Broward County, Florida ex-policeman Though convicted in 1973 of only two mutilation murders, believed to be responsible for at least 30 more killings. A sadistic sex beast by nature, Schaefer would lure young women off the roads with the help of his badge to rape, torture, 
mutilate, and murder. To say Schaefer was a tormented soul would be an oversimplification. The man was a monster, the sort whose very presence makes people rethink their stance on the anti-death sentence. Schaefer began experimenting with bondage and sadomasochism at the age of 12. The man would inform his state psychiatrist that he loved to tie himself up to trees and get sexually excited by the lack of freedom. Schaefer would hurt and pleasure himself thinking about assaulting women from a very early age. Schaefer's earliest childhood memories were that he desired to be a lady, mainly because his sister was favored by his alcoholic, verbally abusive father. By the age of 14, Schaefer had a sweetheart named Cindy. Their relationship was sordid and strange. He would take part in role-play fantasies, fantasies that revolved around raping scenarios. And in 1966, the man tried to enter the priesthood. He was rejected because he, quote-unquote, lacked faith. By now, Gerard John Schaefer was a ticking time bomb. That same year, enraged, faithless, and going down a path, a black hole, the bomb exploded. By now, Gerard had graduated to animal cruelty. Gerard was so angry, he just quit the Catholic religion all in itself and allowed his inner demons to run amok in his cerebellum. The bomb went kaboom and Gerard decided to start his true calling. He became a professional serial killer. Everything came to head on that fateful year of 1966. On October 2nd, 1966, Nancy Leichner, age 20, and Pamela Nader, age 21, were having fun with their boyfriends in Alexander Springs in the Ocala National Forest. While the boys dove and played by the lake, the girls went out for a stroll. Their bodies turned up, molested, and choked. A couple hours after, their boyfriends called in the cops, and a manhunt ensued. They were actually Gerard's first victims. And he had gotten away with the deed and no one even looked at him as a suspect. Schaefer turned into law enforcement as a profession, graduating as a patrolman at the end of 1971 at the age of 25. Schaefer was only convicted of two murders, but investigators would later uncover a slew of possible victims and missing person reports that were most likely part of Gerard's handiwork. In prison, Gerard boasted of killing more than 30 girls and women. The man who became a sheriff's deputy in Martin County, Florida, would prowl the streets and byways of the state using his badge to attract his victims. He was a charming and oftentimes gregarious person, and his demeanor worked for his advantage. On July 21, 1972, Schaefer plucked up from the streets two teenage girls named Nancy Trotter and Paula Sue Wells. Both were hitchhiking. The next day, he kidnapped them, took them to a remote woodland area, and tied them to trees where he threatened to kill them or sell them into prostitution. He was about to get rid of the girls when his radio screeched and called away to a police emergency. He left both girls tied up and promised to return. Miraculously, they managed to wiggle out of their bonds. That call saved their lives. The two girls who were aged 17 and 18 escaped their ropes and ran to the nearest police station. Ironically, their kidnappers owned station. When Schaefer returned to the groves and discovered that his would-be victims had vanished, he had called the station and insisted that he had done, quote-unquote, something foolish. He went on a long-winded explanation, telling the sheriff that he had done something simply pretending to kidnap two girls in order to scare them silly, quote-unquote. Schaefer's boss didn't buy it. Gerard was stripped of his badge and slapped with a battery of charges. Somehow, in spite of everything, Schaefer managed to post his bail and was released from prison. Two months later, on September 27, 1972, Schaefer abducted and tortured and butchered Susan Place, age 17, and Georgia Jessup, age 16. He buried their corpse underneath the now-famous Devil Tree in Okamak Park in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Months later, after Schaefer had beaten the rap for kidnapping Nancy and Paula, a couple of hikers came upon the decomposing and mutilated remains of Place and Jessup. 
The autopsy revealed that both girls had been tied to a tree at some point, and further investigation turned up documented eyewitness account that the girls were known hitchhikers. There were too many similarities, and a warrant was issued for Schaefer. In Schaefer's boudoir, policemen recovered violent stories that he had written that were full of accounts of torture, rape, and the murder of women, a diary of all of his victims. Even more damningly, the experts found personal possessions such as jewelry, diaries, and in one case, teeth from at least eight young women and girls who had gone missing in the recent years. Schaefer was charged with the deaths of Place and Jessup, and in October 1973, he was pronounced guilty and given two life sentences. Officials soon declared that he was linked to around 30 missing women and girls. On December 3, 1995, Schaefer was found knifed to death in his cell. Fellow inmate Vincent Rivera was sentenced in 1999 of stabbing Schaefer and had 53 years and 10 months added to his life plus 20 year sentence that he was already serving for a double murder. One of Gerard John Schaefer's last quotes, I'm probably at least one of the top serial killers in this century. I'm certainly one of the most interesting and maybe the most articulate and introspective. I am in no doubt the most skillful killer. I've killed women in all ways, from shooting, strangling, stabbing, and beheading, to odd ways such as drowning, smothering, and crucifixion. Very interesting uh, overall view of what we're dealing with here tonight. Every yeah. time I hear, every time I hear it, it just pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> I I get it. I get it. it it's fucking time. It's it's hard to imagine. It really Thank- is. Guy should not have gotten extra time for stabbing him. No, I'm sorry. No. All right. I mean, they should. They exactly. took, should take time off and said, "You know what? That's some <laughs> karmic good." Yeah. Yeah, you kind of helped us out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You yourself killed two people. Not okay. Right. right not right. okay. Not okay. This guy killed like thirty. Right. I yeah. Mean, yeah. 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 So that's what we're dealing with here tonight, Jay. And we decided to get back there. And um, um, again, like I said, we didn't catch anything. Um, on video, but I do have a video that I want to show where we caught something audibly. And um, so that way you could listen to it and everybody else can as well. Um, and I would get your take on it and see what you, you know, what you, what you think, but um, give me a second here. And I'm going to share this with you. Cause sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Or so the state says. So let's see here. Let's see. Share. What's that? I don't know. It doesn't turn on there. I'm hit the top button. We'll start recording. Who's that? Who's that? All right, Jay. Were you able to hear any of that? I didn't. I mean, I heard I was talking, but mm-hmm. I, I heard something like an animal in the background, but I didn't hear any like uh, anything else. Yeah. So there's a lot, like a a yell. It sounds like a woman yelling in the background. Um, I don't know how to enhance this anymore, but okay. Um, well, I'll, 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 I'll listen a little closer. Yeah, I'll try for the podcast, but you you can hear and then. And then I say, what the hell was that? And if you can, just try to hear like right before that. Like, yeah, there we go. What's that? What's that? I don't know. It doesn't turn on there. Hit the top button. We'll start recording. Who's that? I, so I hear something, but it, it doesn't sound yeah. like a woman screaming to me. It's, it kind of sounds like a bird off in the distance. No, you, you hear it twice. And um, it's weird because you hear it like very like lightly the first time. 
Like it's like it sounds like it may be far away, but then the second time it's like it's it's really close to us. But that's the only thing that we caught on video. Let's get into some of the EVPs here, Jay, uh, or some of the ghost box stuff that we have here. Uh, let's see here. But um, just let's let's give everybody a little background on that camera. Yes, like that. Yes, let's so, talk about. Let's so talk the about. the video you guys were just seeing was done with. I had a I had a big spotlight and there was a camera attached to it. Correct. The camera had a full battery. Had a had a um. Full charge had had plenty of charge, and it would just randomly every every three minutes. It seemed like right. every three to three and a half minutes, it would shut itself off, right. and then turn itself back on. Sometimes, sometimes I'd be walking Ooh. around only to realize it was off, uh, right. or I'd watch the counter and the counter get three and a half minutes, and it restart counting over again. Hmm. Yeah, that's really odd. And of course, just that always happens to you. That's the yeah, second time it's mean. happened to you. Um, the first time we were out there we had issues with the EMF reader with you the last time. And um, this time it was the, the, the camera. Uh, well, I guess, I guess that sells it, William. Every time I come out, I cause problems. <laughs> I should probably stop doing this. <laughs> no, it's not that it caused problems. This is that you. It, yeah, it, no, it I interacts, know. It I interacts know. with you that way. I know. It yeah, it, that's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, we got Much out to there. To my dismay. <laughs> we got out there. We ended up splitting up. Mm-hmm. It was a bad choice. Uh, Registered. Yeah, never do that. Uh, thinking that. We, we, we broke horror rule number one. Yeah, right off the bat. Right off, right the, off bat. the bat. Yeah, so we already broke first rule number one. Um, I sent my son to go the long way to come back to meet us where the devil tree is at. And we decided to go the way that you would normally go, the easiest, fastest way to get to the tree. Um, so we get there and, you know, we start to do our investigation. And, you know, we don't catch anything, you know. Um, you know, nothing much at that point. Um, but we, my son is. It was still light outside. It was still light outside, but he's it was still light. Like, we were getting everything set up, but yeah, it, it was gone it for like was. 30 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. I started like, okay, we got, I got to go find him. You know, I, well, actually, I went, I went yeah. first. Right. What was weird about that was as I was walking, I could hear footsteps behind me. Right. There was never anybody right. behind me. Right. Yeah. I tried changing my walk pattern. I tried slowing down. I tried speeding up. I tried. It mm-hmm. didn't matter. Every time right. I stepped, I heard a step behind me. And every time, uh, and then when when you came back and I went out, I felt like there was somebody watching the whole time. Yeah. Like constantly watching me the whole time. Yeah. And I felt that too. Whole, yeah, the whole that's the whole feeling. So I ended up going through the whole like it's like a mile. <laughs> this this path that goes around this park and blah, blah, blah. It goes back out to the parking lot. So I go down this whole thing for like a mile and don't find my son anywhere. Half hour later, it's getting dark. And so I finally, finally found him. And he's like doing circles, basically. I don't know what happened, but he ends up doing circles. So that's the first thing that happened. He ends up getting lost. How? I don't know. Because it's very simple. Just, you lost just following. Yeah, you just keep following the trail to the right. Just keep following it to the right and it'll just get you to where you need to get. I don't know how he got lost, but he got lost. So we ended up finding him, and we ended up going back out to the tree, going back the, the regular way. Um, we get out there, and we start doing some EVP sessions, and we start using the ghost box. And all of a sudden, a group of people ended up showing up next to us. And so there was one particular girl. Her name was Bella. who's was probably my son's age, you know, mid- mid-teens, maybe late teens, I would say. Yeah. Um, and decided, hey, she wanted to kind of join us. I said, no problem. You know, I made sure her parents were cool with it. The parents was fine. They were there. Um, so we started doing a ghost spot session right there, um, right near Gerard's uh, little makeshift little area there. You can still see the the cement. Uh, you see the foundation. You, foundation. See, you see the basic foundation of right. of what was his house out there, his, his facility, his, his, his small domicile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's 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 a couple cinder blocks. You see the basic outline of what the floor plan would have been for what what had to be a very small, yeah, shed like uh, thing, shed like. I mean, it was concrete. It was a concrete building, you know. Right, right. But Not it was it was big. it was like a small. It was just like a small shack out in the middle of the woods. Right. Yeah. Not scary at all. No, of course not. Of course not. So um, we decided to get the uh, ghost box out and uh, start doing a session out there. And you know what? I think her being there really helped out a lot, Jay. I mean, as far as getting evidence is concerned. He, well, she came in. I mean, she jumped in with both feet. Yeah. She was she out did. there yelling. She was, right. she yeah. was, she was there for it. Uh, yeah. 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 Way better was. than me. I give her, I give her props. She got bigger balls than I do. 
Well, listen, you know, a lot of this, uh, you know, revolves around us and her speaking at that moment. So I'm going to bring up the first one. Let's pop up this first one out here, Jay, and let's get this one going. Um, let's see. <laughs> let's see. Okay. So. All right. So uh, first thing I'm going to play here, Jay, it's. All right, I'm just starting it right now. If you want to show me that you're here and you did all these, did this to all these women, show me. Mm -hmm. If you want to show Did you hear that, Jay? I heard something. Mm -hmm. yeah, let's hear it again. Show me that you're here and you did all these, did this to all these women, show me. So you hear here at the end. Yeah, it's something. It's hard to make out, but it's something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's go to our next one here, Jay. Uh, of course, another one. What's your name? Say it. What's your name? Say it. So it sounds like do not. Did you hear that at the end there, Jay? Uh, that's funny because I could have swore it sounded like John. Oh, did you? Is that what you heard? Okay, let's I, I could have swore I heard John. What's your name? Say it. What's your name? Be. Could be Jay. Could be someone along those lines. I mean, it could be. It could be. Don't be. But I, I can hear John. Yeah. Could be. Let's hear it one more time. Say it. Mm, yeah. Interesting, Jay, huh? Very. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's hear another one. Let's go, John. Let's see it. Come on. Do something. Let's go, John. Let's see it. Come on. Do something. I don't think it said with the win. I think it said something else. What do you think, Jay? Try it one more time. Because I know I, you hear it a couple times, but it's... Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let's go, John. Let's see it. Come on. Do something. Let's go, John. Let's see it. Come on. Do something. What do you think, Jay? It doesn't say with the wind. Right? It doesn't say with the wind, but it says... Yeah, it says something else, Right. Right. I can't make it out. I can't make it out. Let's hear it one more time. Let's go, John. Let's see it. Come on, do something. Let's go, John. Let's see it. Come on, do something. Hmm. Interesting. Don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. It kind of sounds like he's saying, it's so, like, make you wait. Right. Make you wait or something like that. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like make you wait. Make you mm -hmm. wait. Make you wait. All right. Let's do another one. Yeah, it sounds like it's personality. Come on, John. Come on, John. Did you hear that? Call Finkel? Coughing. Coughing. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, John. Coughing. Come on, John. Coughing. 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 Yeah, I mean, mm. I, that's what we like to do with these girls. We like to strangle them, you know? All right, let's do another one. Come on, John, you're not being very productive tonight. Come on, John, you're not being very productive tonight. You hear that? You hear that little thing? A little bit at the end, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on, John. You're not being very productive tonight. So it says nobody like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of heard that. Come on, John. You're not being very productive tonight. Nobody. I heard it too nobody. with my own ears. That's weird. Yeah. You know? All right. Yeah. Let's, do another, let's do another one. Come on, John. Die. 
Oh, die. Come on, John. Die. Oh, die. Do you hear it, Jake? It's die. Like yeah. Yep, I do. Down in here, please. Die. Oh, die. Come on, John. Die. Oh, die. Yeah, that was yeah. fucking freaky, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was out there, Jay, did not like me. Oh, gee, I wonder why. It didn't like me at all. Gee, I wonder like why. You go out there and you yell at it and you antagonize it. Yeah, I know. Well, are you expecting it to bring you coffee and tea in your slippers? <laughs> All right, let's do another one. What else am I? I hate you. Asshole. I hate you. That's what I heard. What else am I? I hate you. I hate you. That's what I heard. What else am I? I hate what do you think that says, Jay? Does it say I hate I, you? I hear asshole. You hear asshole? <laughs> he said that quite a few times, too. Um, Listen. We caught, we caught asshole a few times on there. Well, if it's asshole. <laughs> we, we did. We did. I mean, we caught it a few times. Yeah, it doesn't uh, like you. It doesn't. Jake, when you hear Although, this, like, we hear although this, what do you think? What's wrong every time you? I'm out there, all my electronic phones all fucked up. The temperatures, you know, it's, it's fine for everybody around. Oh, it's always different with me. Let's, there is another piece of evidence that I wasn't able to basically show, but we talk about it in one of our videos that that we did record, that there was a six-degree temperature, temperature difference. difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From the recorder that was on the tree mm -hmm. versus the one that Jay was holding. No matter where I went. No matter where he went, it was six degrees different. Mm -hmm. And we don't know and why. When the, tree, when, the, when the temperature in the tree was would rise. Right. Mine would fall to six degrees, and right. it would opposite. It would always be opposite. One yeah. would be six degrees higher. One would be six degrees lower. It was always the same. But as soon as one started changing, the other one right. started changing. Yeah, exactly. It didn't matter where I went. It didn't matter right. how I held it. It didn't. It was. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. It did six not degrees matter. different. And yeah. my my camera kept turning. Yeah, it's. I don't why you drive me. What? <laughs> All right, we got some more here. Jake. Hold on. You gonna push me out? Try pushing me out. No. You gonna push me out? Try pushing me out. No. So yeah, she even heard herself. That's well, that's funny. I didn't hear no. I heard your joke. Oh really? I heard your joke. No, that's interesting. Let's hear that again. Listen, listen really closely. You hear like a K E at the very end. Joke. That's either joke or choke. He might also be saying choke. Try again. You want to push me out? Try pushing me out. No. Choke you. It's choke you. Choke you, huh? Sounds like choke you to me. Let's hear. You want to push me out? Try pushing me out. No. No. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, we always catch some good stuff when we're out there, Jay. Especially EVPs off this uh, this ghost box. Uh, let's hear. It. We got another one. Did you turn off all their equipment? Did you turn off all their equipment? I heard absolutely. What did you hear? It kind of sounds like it's impossible. It could be absolute, too. Mm -hmm. uh, could be. Did you turn off all their equipment? <laughs> it kind of does sound like asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one sounded more like asshole. <laughs> asshole. Uh. Did you turn off all their equipment? It's either asshole or absolutely. I mean, yeah, he really didn't like you. Did not like me. Did not like me. All right, last one for for the EVPs here. Come on, John. No. This one's creepy because it sounds like women, like yeah, being like you know taken advantage of here. 
Come on, John. No. Come on, John. No. Come on, John. All right. Yeah, that one's too close for comfort. Yeah. That's very clearly a couple of women yelling no. Yeah. Um, one more time. Come on, John. No. Come on, John. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the kind of shit that we catch there uh, every time. Uh, without fail. You know, it's, you know, we've gone there twice and we've got all this information twice. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable, Jay. And it's a, an unbelievable story. Uh, this guy has probably killed more than 30 women, you know, um, that are unaccounted for, by the way, because, you know, they, they haven't found out. But uh, very interestingly, Jay, um, before we wrap this up, mm. there's something else that's popped up here that um, is quite interesting. Um, there's actually a new case that popped up here last year. In that's between, what you said. Yeah. In between us investigating this place um, in 2022, last year, um, there's a, another ID victim or victim ID. Let's just talk about this here. Uh, Florida Jane Doe ID'd after nearly 48 years may be the victim of serial killer cop Gerard Schaefer. Riviera Beach, Florida, June 2022. Skeletal remains found in a Florida mangrove swamp in 1974 have been identified as a missing teen and authorities, authorities excuse me, uh, surmise that she had been fallen victim to a serial killer who authorities once said made Ted Bundy look like a Boy Scout. Uh, genetic uh, genealogists from Texas-based um, Authorem, Inc., have helped the Palm Beach County office identify the girl previously known as only the singer island Jane Doe. Susan Gale Poole was 15 when her family reported her missing from their Broward County trailer park just before Christmas in 1972. Uh, Quote-unquote, nobody knew where she went. Uh, the Palm Beach County Detective Bill Springer said Thursday uh, her clothes and her pocketbook were still at her friend's apartment that she was staying at. At the time, Poole's family and friends did not know if she had left on her own accord or she had met with foul play or whatever the case may have been. Poole had a history of hitchhiking and left a home once before. Uh, no sign of the missing teen was found until the morning of June 16th, 1974. Three days later, when a man and his sons went looking for driftwood in the swampy wooded area of Singer Island, known as Burnt Bridges. According to the news accounts at the time, they instead found scattered human remains and scraps of clothing. Uh, quote unquote, she was tied up in the mangroves with wire to a tree, uh, Springer said at a news conference. Uh, she was uh, basically skeletal remains, totally nothing left of her except for bones. Authorities uh, attempted to use dental records to identify the girl who was estimated to be between the ages of 13 and 19 years old when she had died. Uh, she was to believed to have uh, been slain between eight weeks and eight months before her remains were found. Uh, with no identification and no suspects, the case went cold. Meanwhile, the assaults and deaths of several other women in the Palm Beach County area had been making headlines. In July 1972, five months before Poole vanished, two vacationing teens were hitchhiking near the beach when they encountered uh, the on-duty, of course, Martin County Sheriff Deputy named Gerard John Schaefer. Uh, Schaefer, who told Nancy Ellen Trotter and 18-year-old Paula Sue Wells that hitchhiking was illegal, and uh, even though it actually really wasn't. He called uh, into the station on his uh, audio radio saying that he had two girls and asked uh, if it was okay to take, a, take them home. Um, basically, uh, we know the story from there. He decided to go ahead and, you know, um, take them to the tree, uh, rape them, murder them, and hang them from that tree and bury them. And uh, and that's where this whole thing uh, kind of comes together. Uh, so, yeah, now, Jay, another uh, victim to uh, Gerard John Schaefer, you know, literally last, last year, we're finding, you know, links to this guy still. And it goes to really show you how prolific this guy really was and what he did. I mean, back in the seventies, man, I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking late sixties, early seventies. There wasn't as right. much DNA stuff. There wasn't as much. He was a cop. Uh, and cop. Yeah. What I mean, really, if you, it just kind of hit me. If you really take it in this guy's full story into account, right. The guy was trying to go in the priesthood. Why do you think he was trying to go in the priesthood? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because he believed in God and it wasn't because of faith. Because he, mm -hmm. he didn't get it because he, he didn't believe. Right. Why was he trying to get a position like that of power over people? We know. Okay. To take advantage. To take advantage. What's what's the next step? 
cop. Right. And now as a cop, you also learn all the things you, well, all of what you're looking for. Exactly. I mean, really cover your track. That time, that time, uh, the girl in Broward to be found in Singer Island. Singer Island isn't far from me. Right. Uh, I'm an hour and a half. We're an hour and a half north. Right. Broward. Broward. Yeah. Yeah. Broward. Yeah. And that's the top, top half of Broward. Right. Right. So we're talking this, this girl's remains was found hours from her home. Right. He took her where she couldn't be found because it's not back in the social media days. Right. It wasn't back back when information was was as who would even think shareable. to look there? Yeah, who would even think to look there? And look how why by was, happenstance you, it was. Found why would you go in the mangroves? And, right. Why would you go in there? And right. nothing in the mangroves is good. Right. Snakes, gators, mm-hmm. spiders. Those mm-hmm. are the worst, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's <laughs> all kinds of shit. In the- yeah. <laughs> Spiders and ghosts, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. And they follow me everywhere I go. How about a spider ghost? <laughs> oh, just Am tonight. I coming to your house so you can rock yeah, your yeah. sleep tonight? Is that yeah, what's yeah, happening? Yeah, some nightmare fuel right there, Jay, huh? Ghost uh, yeah, and, and hey, oh, hey, hey, let's keep this in mind, too. Hey, yeah. what happens when you stop smoking for a few days and you yeah. go to sleep? What happens? You start t- twitching. <laughs> I, like, oh. I don't... I don't dream anymore. I don't have oh, dreams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't dream unless I'm sober. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my dreams, folks, my dreams mm-hmm. are legend. They're stories <laughs> of legend and how fucking crazy and how real they become. Uh, I, I, I prefer <laughs> to not have them. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. But listen, I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street 1 set that yeah. precedence. From there, I was fucked. You were done. You were done. You were done. I mean, and this guy is uh he this guy is something of nightmares. This guy is yeah. a nightmare. This guy is basically fucking Freddy Krueger. This guy it's is Freddy fucking Krueger. Children. Yeah. Stab him. Yeah. Choke him. Didn't he care. Total sadist. Didn't yeah. care about their life. They were there for him to impose his will, get off yeah. his jollies, and right. just see how depraved he could be at mm-hmm. their expense. I mean, it's just really it's sick individual. To, yeah. Be hard pressed to find somebody worse. Yeah, very hard. Uh, I think that's going to be a good wrap up here, Jay, of the return to Devil's Tree. Um, for those that are looking to go out there, um, you can find the Devil's Tree at Old Hammock Park. And um, basically, it's, uh, you know, Port Lucy. yeah, Port St. Lucie. Um, you can check it out. It's open until about nine o'clock in the evening. You can go out there um, and, um, yeah, see this uh, really crazy area where. You could tell, you know, when me and Jay were there, like, you know, talk about, oh, what was here 40 years ago? Oh, there's nothing. There was nothing. nothing out there. I mean, there's barely anything there now. There is. I mean, there's just houses, but you could tell those houses are, you know, not brand like new. 20 years there's old. St- there's still yeah. construction. There's still construction going on throughout those neighborhoods. Exactly. That that yeah. state park, the parking lot, the playground, all that stuff is new. Right. Yeah. You Super can tell new. new. Yeah. You could tell. Super so, new. Back in the yeah. 70s, that was nothing. Nope. There's probably maybe even a, I, there, I doubt there was even really a, a dirt road leading out that way. Probably. I bet not. not. Yeah, I bet not. not. But yeah, you guys can check it out. And uh, we're going to be bringing more of this kind of stuff uh, here at Dark Fringe Radio. You can uh, make sure to go to our website, darkfringeradio.com. Um, and that's it for tonight. Jay, anything else uh, before we say good night? Friends, say your prayers, take your vitamins, drink your milk. <laughs> Hulkamania. There we go. All right, brother. All right, All right brother. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Dark Fridge Radio. We'll see you guys again next week with another episode. And thank you so much for joining us here, of course, on Dark Fringe Radio. Good night. <laughs>